Welcome to a Spoonful of Sugar podcast with Pam and Amy. We're two friends living in the Midwest with our hubbies and kids. We're living our lives and dreaming of Disney. Join us as we discuss all things Walt Disney World and our love of Disney. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of A Spoonful of Sugar podcast. This is Amy, and I am going to be giving a trip report on my November trip to Disney World that my family just got back from. So unfortunately, I do not have my supercalifragigal Pam with me, um, but she will be back for our next episode. And um, this episode might be a little shorter than normal, so just you know, just to put that out there for you guys. But I'm just going to give you a rundown of how our trip went. We just got back a few days ago. And while it's still fresh in my mind, I would love to share how everything went with you guys. So just to kind of give you the basics of our trip, it was the four of us in our family, myself, my husband, Chad, and our two boys who we refer to on this podcast as Chip and Dale who are ages 11 and 13. And our trip was a full five days in the parks. And so what happened, we arrived late on a Thursday night. We flew out and didn't arrive to our room at Pop Century until probably about 11 p.m. that evening. And then we had a full day starting the next day, Friday. So we had park days Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And then flew back home late Tuesday night, arrived about 1 a.m. on Wednesday morning home. So, yes, we stayed at Pop Century during those five days there. And during the five days, Chad and I still had our annual passes. So we were trying to squeeze in one more trip before they expire at the end of this month. And then for our boys, Chip and Dale, we got hopper passes for those five five park days. And then we checked into Pop Century. I did online check-in, which is very convenient. You can just do it right from your My Disney Experience app on your phone. And they will just text you your room number when your room is ready. So that when we did arrive, and again, we didn't arrive until late that night, we could bypass the whole front desk and just go straight to our room and of course your magic bands if you have those with you which if you are a guest staying at one of the Disney resorts that is included in your stay you everybody gets magic bands and then so then you can just go straight to your room and unlock your door with your magic band and that is what we did so even before we left for this trip I will just give you a little background information in that this was a surprise trip. This is the only surprise trip we've ever done and our boys had no idea what they what they were in store for. I actually picked them up from school um, about an hour early on Thursday and I used Pam's advice. She said, oh, just tell them you're going to take them to go get flu shots because I needed a reason why I was going to take them out of school an hour early. So I did that. Of course, they are 
super grumpy, not looking forward to getting flu shots. Nobody, nobody likes to do that. But I picked them up from school and I said, oh yeah, we have time to go home and drop off your backpacks and everything. And when we got home, my husband was home from work and so they were all confused you know dad why why are you here it's you're not supposed to be home yet what's what's going on and so you know I just told them oh sit down I, I have something I've been meaning to give you and I gave them a lanyard starting pack with like four trading pins on it that I had bought on clearance from our Disney store months prior and I just said oh I've been meaning to give these to you guys you know they'll come in handy for your next Disney trip and they kind of just looked at me like what and I said oh that's it's gonna be in about an hour we're leaving the uber is gonna be here in in one hour from now so get your backpacks ready and they were just completely in shock they had no idea obviously that this was taking place so during that day, I had packed all of our luggage, you know, all of our clothes. We were bringing down some food with us and, you know, extra shoes and all that good stuff. So really all they had to pack was just their backpacks they were going to bring on the plane. So, you know, I just said, make sure you get all your electronics and chargers and throw a book in there and your lanyard and any pins that you want to trade. And beyond that, we're all ready to go. So... That was super fun. I think my oldest, he's a real planner and super organized. So I think this threw him off a little bit. You could tell he was a little nervous about it. But we got there and we just hopped right into things and they were just, they couldn't believe it. So it was a really fun thing to be able to do a surprise like that. I don't think we'll ever have the opportunity to do that again. And this is going to be our last trip for quite some time. As I mentioned just at the beginning of this episode, my boys are 11 and 13 now. This trip, they missed two and a half days of school. And so there was, of course, a bunch of homework to catch up on. And it's just harder to be able to pull your kids out of school the older they get. When they were younger, we would pull them for, you know, a week at a time and it wasn't too bad. But now, just with the amount of work that they get and then not to mention what they are actually missing being out of class during those days that they're not there. It's just hard to re-enter back into the real world after all that. So that was a little bit of a challenge when we returned home. But again, we just had a great trip and just knowing that it was our last trip for a very long time, you know, I just said, guys, make a lot of magical memories because this might be it for a while. So we, and we did, we had a great trip. So anyways, yeah, we did get there uh, late on that Thursday night. One of the first things we did was decline mousekeeping. As some of you may know on this, from this podcast that I'm the frugal one of our pair. Pam is the fancy one and I am the frugal one. So I like to save money wherever I can. And if you decline mousekeeping services for your resort room, they usually issue a an electronic gift card, a Disney gift card. And I believe it comes down to $10 per day that you decline services for up to a maximum of, I think you can only do five days to decline. So a maximum of $50 you could get back in gift card form. So I did that and 
we checked into, as I said, I, I did online check-ins. So we had a room at Pop Century and Pop Century is broken down into different decades. So there's a 50s section, 60s section, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And we were in the 50s section. You can also put in room requests things like oh i would like to be ground floor or i would like to be close to transportation things like that but just realize if you are putting in these requests that they are just that they are just a request they cannot meet all requests and a lot of times in fact most times <laughs> i don't receive what i request for unless i suppose if it were you know something medically related they would probably you know put you higher to the list such as you know if you couldn't do stairs maybe they would honor that request for a, a ground floor room something like that so anyways yes we had um we were in the 50s and it was kind of nice the location because it was pretty equidistant from our room to either the buses or the the skyliner which is now up and running of course so we were pretty close I think a little bit closer to the Skyliner than we were to the buses. And we were ground floor, which we've never been ground floor before. So I, I actually kind of like that as well. So we checked into our room that night. It was late. We just kind of unpacked everything and took showers and got ready so that we would be, you know, ready to go bright and early the next day. So that takes us to Friday, our first full day. Well, really our first day there and it was November 8th, so our trip was November 8th through the 12th. So Friday, November 8th, we had a jam-packed day, and most days we did. Uh, we pretty much did a rope drop, which in Disney terms basically means you get there right as the park is opening. We did rope drop through, you know, fireworks pretty much every night that we were there, with the exception of the last night, because we had to catch our Magical Express at 7 p.m. But anyways, going back to Friday, our first day, busy, busy day. We did rope drop at Magic Kingdom, got there bright and early. Magic Kingdom now is usually roping off certain sections of the park so that even during rope drop, not the whole park is not open. It, usually Fantasyland and Tomorrowland are open. And I want to say they're, well, Main Street is obviously open, but typically Frontierland and Liberty Square is all roped off. So just please note that to yourself if you are going to get there at Magic Kingdom and you want to rope drop, say, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, you will not be able to do that. You'll have to wait until the full park opens on that day. So also something to note on our way, oh, I'm sorry, on our way back from the Magic Kingdom, we were gonna go, we did the morning there, as I said, we rope dropped, and then we headed over to Epcot. So we took the bus over to Epcot and it was our first time experiencing the food and wine festival. So we've never been there during that time. It's usually in the fall and it was nice. There were definitely a lot of different choices, less for me because I have celiac and I have to eat gluten free, but it does denote in there's a little passport book you can get. There's no cost. You just pick one up at any of the food booths or they're just located throughout the park. A little passport book and it'll show you what's available to eat at each of the little food booths at each of the locations. And it does denote on there if something is gluten-free or not. I don't believe they do that for all the allergies. 
So if you are allergic to other things such as, you know, dairy or soy or something like that, you may need to do a little bit of extra research before you leave for your trip just so you know what you can eat or not eat safely. So yeah, so that was fun. We tried a different a few different things at Food and Wine throughout the week. I myself had the the cheese bread from Brazil, which was delicious, and I also tried the Oh my gosh, what was it? Filet mignon from Le Cellier, which usually Le Cellier is a signature dining location. And if you're on the meal plan, it would require two sit-down dining credits. But during food and wine, you can try the filet mignon just at their food booth. You don't need reservations or anything. You just, you know, get your little portion and try it and see if you like it and not have to invest in a, in a signature dining meal. So I did that and that was fun. So we did all of our fast passes that day at Epcot and then my kiddos were dying to check out Galaxy's Edge over at Hollywood Studios because we had not done that yet. So we took the Skyliner from Epcot to Hollywood Studios. There is a, a swap, a location change you have to make when you're on the Skyliner, it's at Caribbean Beach. It's kind of like the main hub, the main portal. So you get off a Skyliner there, switch over to the Skyliner that goes to Epcot, and you continue on your trip. So if you ever want to switch between Hollywood and Epcot, I would highly recommend the Skyliner. It's continuously running. <laughs> that is if it's not broken down. But we did use this method of transportation quite frequently, especially since we were staying at Pop Century. And that is one of the resorts that the Skyliner does go to. So we did love the Skyliner and got lots of time riding the Skyliner. So yeah, so our first night, we had done Magic Kingdom Rope Drop, then went over to Epcot, and last but not least, our third park for the day was Hollywood Studios, so we could check out Galaxy's Edge. And I agree with Pam. She had told me that Galaxy's Edge is just really cool at night, seeing everything all lit up, just a really nice atmosphere, and I agree, I loved Galaxy's Edge at night. We have gone back again later on this trip during the day and there's not a lot of shade so if it's a hot day and you're walking around galaxy's edge just bring your water bottles and your sunscreen but yeah we loved it great 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 theming i'm not a huge star wars fan so we didn't spend a ton of time in galaxy's edge but again like the theming that was there was just it was really really cool to see we did stand in a standby line for Millennium Falcon, which is the one ride that's there now. They're still working on the other ride. So this is the one big attraction that is in Galaxy's Edge right now. There is no fast pass for it. You cannot get a fast pass option for Millennium Falcon. So we did do the standby line. It also has a single rider line, but the single rider line is not always open. So you kind of just have to if it's lit up and it says single rider line, it means you can go ahead and get in that line. If the sign is not lit up, it means they are no longer um, taking anybody in that queue for single rider. So yeah, so we did this standby line for Millennium Falcon. That was fun. It's basically like you're on a mission, you're flying the Millennium Falcon. There's three different positions that you can get when you board the ride. You could be a pilot, you could be a gunner, or I believe the other position is engineer. So I was a pilot on this mission. There's two people in each position. So my 
oldest son and I, we were both pilots. Let me just tell you though, I felt extremely stressed out <laughs> as a pilot. <laughs> So I felt really bad because they're, they're actually scoring you on a system of how well you do, how well you navigate through, how many enemy ships you take out and all this. So I just felt real high stress levels like I was letting down my whole team if I was a bad pilot, which I did crash a few times, I have to say. But it's okay. You're, you, keep, you get up and you just keep going. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> So anyways, that was really fun to just experience that. Something new, obviously, again, we haven't done before. And that was a, pretty much our first day, again, full day. And then our second day, we went to, we rope dropped at Animal Kingdom. And the idea was, okay, we're going to rope drop at Animal Kingdom and just head straight over to Flight of Passage, which is obviously still a very popular ride. And so... That is exactly what we did. However, as we were getting in line for Flight of Passage, the line was absolutely insane for Flight of Passage. It went, it curved out of the entrance and went to the right and the line went all the way over the bridge, if you've been to Animal Kingdom and can picture this, into Africa. So over that long, long bridge kind of connecting Pandora into Africa, it was insane. So we were in line for maybe half an hour, really weren't moving anywhere, and finally decided we got to get out of here. We surrender. We <laughs> this, we are not going anywhere fast. And the, again, that line was just outrageously long. So we decided to instead go on Kilimanjaro Safari, which was great. I love that. And also ride Everest a couple times, once um, all together and once going through as all single riders. So forget the flight of passage, unless you are like one of the very first people in the park at Rope Drop, go for it. But if you are stuck behind the mass of crowds all coming in right when the park opens at Rope Drop, Forget it. You are better off trying to do another attraction. So that was our experience at Animal Kingdom that morning. We we did have fun there and stayed until about until late morning because we had a lunch reservation at Be Our Guest. We head over to Magic Kingdom then late morning and it was interesting. They were filming a special for the Disney Channel in front of the castle when we got to Magic Kingdom that day. And so there was like all sorts of cranes up and people on those like platforms with cameras all around the castle. And they were filming for most of the afternoon and into early evening as well. And so this was, they said this was a special they were going to air on the Disney Channel on Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Day. And then they were going to also air it, I believe they said on December 13th. So if any of you are interested, there is a special that they are going to be showing, a holiday special. So that was kind of fun. However, if you've never been to Magic Kingdom before and wanted to get some nice like castle pictures from the front of the castle, yeah, the whole filming crew was pretty much <laughs> would be in your way if you were trying to take castle pictures that day. So, I mean, luckily for me, I was okay and I didn't necessarily need any castle pictures, but if you were a first timer and was looking were looking for that, you know, beautiful front of the castle shot, you weren't going to get it if they were filming. 
but it did add a whole nother layer of excitement. You know, there were like DJs there on and off throughout the day. Like they would still have the dance parties that they would do. Sometimes they do those little shows in front of the castle. So they would take filming breaks every once in a while and still, you know, continue on with those front of the castle shows throughout the day. So you don't have to worry about that. They still had all that going on. And then Magic Kingdom was open till 11 o'clock that night. So we we had a great time. We watched Happily Ever After, which is the fireworks show there. Great, great, great fireworks show. There is no place other than Disney, I feel, in my humble opinion, that will give you such a great fireworks show. And of course, they have not only that, but the castle projections and the laser lights and... It's just amazing. I love it. And yeah, and then we stayed until 11 that night. Another long day for us. And then that brings us to our next day, which was Sunday, November 10th. This was, again, another long day for us. We rope dropped this morning at Hollywood Studios. And again, thinking, okay, we're here at rope drop. We are going to go on either Millennium Falcon or Slinky Dog. So we we were going to go to Slinky Dog. Uh, however, when we got into kind of that Toy Story Land area, the line for Slinky was very, very long and Slinky was not awake yet. Slinky was not working. Slinky was still asleep. So they, I think the intention was to have him up and running, obviously for extra magic hours in the morning, but he was just not functioning that day. He just needed some coffee. So all the poor people waiting in the Slinky line, if they you know, they didn't get him up and running for a good couple hours. So what we did was we went over to Midway Mania and were able to ride that a couple times before the park opened for all the regular guests. And so that was good. We love Midway Mania and I had a fast pass for Slinky Dog later on in our trip for our last day. So it didn't bother us, you know, too much that we weren't able to ride that attraction that morning. So yeah, we spent the morning at Hollywood Studios and then we headed over to Magic Kingdom for the afternoon. That's where all of our fast passes were for that day. And they were supposed to stay open until 10 p.m. that evening. However, the crowd levels were crazy. Keep in mind, this was Veterans Day weekend that we went. And so even things like Small World, I saw at one point had a 45 minute wait time. So very, very crowded maybe just slightly shy of being as crowded when we went on Thanksgiving week because that was also extremely crowded. But I would definitely say like levels eight and nine crowd level on a scale of one to 10 for this weekend, for Veterans Day weekend, really for Friday through Monday. I didn't see the crowds start to thin out until Tuesday a little bit. So anyway, we had all of our fast passes at Magic Kingdom that afternoon and some of the rides, they do break down or they just, they have to shut down for some reason or another. So I know at one point Haunted Mansion was down, Mine Train, sometimes something happens with that. Splash Mountain was down for a little while. I feel like maybe they were having a lot of disgruntled guests because at one point late in the afternoon, all of a sudden, a voice comes on over the whole Magic Kingdom part saying, ladies and gentlemen, guest of Magic Kingdom, 
We are staying open an extra hour this evening for all of our park guests. And so everyone's cheering and everything. So that was kind of cool. I've never had that experience before where they just say, you know what, we're going to just stay open an extra hour. So that was really fun. So we ended up staying till 11 o'clock that evening as well and got to do plenty of attractions. And yeah, we were just so tired by the time we got back. We had no problem sleeping at night. Just crashed. And then so that'll bring us to our next day, which was uh, Monday, which was actually Veterans Day. And something new that we did on this day that we've never done before was something called the animation experience and this takes place at animal kingdom and i know my super califragile pam just tried rafiki's planet watch for the first time and this is basically an animal kingdom if you're going back by kilimanjaro safari you'll see on the right hand side a little entryway that says rafiki's planet watch and basically it's a little train that you board and it'll take you to the conservation station where they have information about plants and wildlife animals because animals do play a big role in a lot of Disney movies. And so this thing that we did called the Animation Experience took place at Rafiki's Planet Watch once once you take the little train over to the conservation station. And again, because there are so many animals in Disney movies, they have an artist who will show you how to draw one of the Disney animals. So the animal that we got to draw was Bruce from Finding Nemo. He's like, you know, the head honcho shark. So it's very cool. They give you, they give everybody a clipboard and a pencil, a large piece of drawing paper that kind of already has some guidelines marked out on it. And then I would say it's about a 20 minute, basically tutorial where they will have a, a artist and they will be projecting up on a large screen what the artist is drawing so she took us by step by step how to draw bruce again from finding nemo so she started us off with the eyes and then adding in here's like the general shape of his face and where you put in the the fin the shark fin and where his nose goes how where exactly how to draw his mouth so she again takes you step by step you really can't mess it up because you kind of go along with her as she's drawing and she'll kind of wait for everybody to be done with the first step and then you you move along with her so we all drew bruce it was really fun i would highly recommend it it was just an experience that is something a little different and it doesn't cost anything it's free so as a frugal i just love that so that was fun and then that day was another three park day for us so we did animal kingdom in the morning we did hollywood studios that afternoon and then that evening we went over to epcot because i wanted to see epcot forever we have not seen the new fireworks show over there at epcot yet so that fireworks show is a lot different from the one at magic kingdom it's a lot shorter i would say the show is only like 10 to 15 minutes long I don't think my friend Pam would really necessarily love it because it is centered around Figment, who she is not a huge fan of. Um, and there's, you know, some of the songs that kind of tie in Figment's imagination song and things like that. So the theming is very like Figment oriented. But again, it's fireworks and they they were doing these really cool 
light up kites over the lagoon too. And so there were like speedboats pulling these like large kites that were all lit up at night. So that was kind of cool. Added another element to the show. So I did enjoy it, but you know, I don't think it compares <laughs> to the one at, at Magic Kingdom. And then that night, Epcot Forever was over. We were gonna take the Skyliner back to Pop Century, but they were having some sort of delays. It was shut down for about 20, 25 minutes or so. So everyone in line was getting a little nervous, like, okay, is this gonna be getting back up and running soon? And the lines were just incredibly long getting on the Skyliner. In case you haven't taken the Skyliner before and are wondering like where to get on and off, there's two entrances at Epcot. There's like the main entrance in the front and then there's what they call the International Gateway, which is by France. And that International Gateway entrance is where the Skyliner entry point is. And the International Gateway, it's really not equipped to handle the massive crowds that are now using that entrance. You know, I think it only maybe has like three or four entry points, like where you scan your magic band and go through. And then it only had one security checkpoint for guests who didn't have bags that could just go through the security screen and go through the metal detector. It only had one of those queues open. So allow yourself some extra time if you're taking the Skyliner to Epcot just because you have to go through that international gateway and it it really every time we were there it was like really clogged up and backed up just with a lot of foot traffic trying to get through security get through the bag checks and scan your magic bands and get in and all that so then that takes us to our last day it was a Tuesday November 12th and we spent the morning at um, Hollywood Studios did the Millennium Falcon again. This time we just did the single rider line. The queue did open up. Waited about a half an hour in the single rider line. And we all tried out new positions as we were flying the Millennium Falcon. I was a gunner this time. So a little less pressure on me, I felt. <laughs> a little less stressful. But that was fun getting to do it again and trying all new positions as you're flying that, that aircraft. And then the other cool thing, while we were at Hollywood Studios that day, we did a character meet and greet with Mike and Sully, I believe it was. We did a lot of character meet and greets this trip, which is unusual. But when you get out through meeting them, it kind of dumps you out into an area where they have, I forget what it, it used to be called, but it was it's basically just almost like a a museum honoring Walt Disney and it and his legacy and it kind of shows how he developed the parks as well but they have a movie theater there they used to show a, a short video about Walt Disney and again just kind of his how he dreamed up Walt Disney World and how it came into fruition but now in that little theater in Hollywood Studios they are actually they showed a Frozen 2 sneak peek and it was longer than the trailer. It was like a 20 minute film just showing some of the clips of Frozen 2 and what we can all be looking forward to. So that was that was really cool and actually really makes me want to go see Frozen 2. I think that the whole gist of the that film is that something went wrong with the past and Elsa and Anna, it's up to them to try to like make things right with the past so that they can secure a safe future for Arendelle. And 
There's another song, of course, so obviously everyone knows Let It Go that Elsa sang from Frozen. And so Elsa has another big singing number in Frozen 2 called Into the Unknown. So they showed her singing that so I can tell already that's going to be another big hit. So that was really cool to see the, the sneak peek of Frozen 2. And then that afternoon, we went over to Epcot, spent our last afternoon there. Something I will mention about Epcot was if you are a pass holder, a lot of times during food and wine, I know they've done this for the past couple years, you are entitled, they give away a free, like there's like a free giveaway they do. I know last year they were doing cutting boards for food and wine festival for pass holders. This year it was a coaster set of four coasters. So if you are a pass holder and if you go to Epcot four times within the food and wine festival, kind of season, you are eligible to pick up a free coaster set. So again, it was our last day at Epcot and we went over again because Chad and I have had our coasters or, you know, we're eligible for that because we're pass holders. We went over by the large gift shop that's there called Mouse Gears and that's where they distribute them and you know they ask for ID and pass holder card which Chad had his but since I travel light and I don't I like literally only have my phone on me I did not have either one so they would not give me my coaster set which I was a little bummed about so we only were able to come home with with Chad's coaster set but at least we got one of them to kind of remember our time there so I will say if you are a pass holder just make sure you have your ID and your pass holder card on you at all times otherwise you may be a little disappointed as I was and not <laughs> be able to receive your your goodies but anyways, that was our last day at Epcot and our last day really for our trip. We headed back. Our Magical Express was going to leave at 7 p.m. that evening for our flight back. And so, you know, they, they tell you what time you need to be there. Everything went smoothly with the Magical Express. Our flight was delayed a little bit, but what can you do about that? We did, you know, get home safely a little later than expected. We didn't get home until about 1 o'clock that morning and we just totally crashed from this trip because we just had so many long days but it was worth it we we packed in as much as we could and especially knowing that we probably aren't going back for a while we just wanted to do as many things as we could get done and just make a lot of magical memories which we did so i'm so glad to have had the opportunity to get to go again i hope you guys all enjoyed listening to my trip report and thank you so much for hanging in there with me as i kind of went through all of the days and some new experiences that we had and so i thank you for hanging in there and listening and i Hope you guys all have a very magical day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. That's it for this week. We would love to get to know you through social media. You can reach us at SpoonfulPod. That's S-P-O-O-N-F-U-L-P-O-D at gmail.com. We're also at SpoonfulPod on both Twitter and Instagram. And of course, you can also like us at Facebook.com slash SpoonfulPod. Please subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. And now you can also find your favorite sprinkle of Disney sugar on Google Play Music, as well as Stitcher Radio, Podbean, and TuneIn Radio. Thanks for joining us and sprinkling a little sugar into your day. Thanks for listening. Spoonful out. Spoonful out.